For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. It is episode 101 of the Crossover Podcast, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and uh, also now in Five Points in the old Waffle House building. Chris Brain from the home team, David Johnston from the morning show, and we are now into college football season, so we'll recap uh, week one, talk a little bit about George's win at Vandy and uh, the rest of the fallout in the uh, in the SEC East, really, to be, uh, to be specific, and we'll look ahead to some week two games too and i don't know, maybe a quick mention of georgia and murray state but i don't know what quick. there is to say about that yeah a quick mention uh i haven't looked this morning as we're recording this but uh the last line i saw was georgia by 50 okay so all right that sounds about right i guess i could uh i could do a quick google and find it i know bama's laying 55 and a half to uh, new mexico state According this, to the uh, good folks at VegasInsider.com, I've been I've been on the morning show. I've been doing the I've been doing the the Bama New Mexico State watch, and uh, as of this as of Thursday morning at six a.m., Van, uh, Bama was the fifty-five point favorites. It actually dropped a half point from okay. yesterday. So some confidence in the Aggies. Well, that that hook was all it took to finally get some people to bite on New Mexico <laughs> State yes. to uh, cover against the Tide. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Week One for Georgia was. I, I mean, I I thought it was a great week for Georgia. They went on the road by twenty-four points, and. Uh, it, it, to me, just like the gap between the dogs and the rest of the SEC East widened. You know, the SEC East looks like just a flaming hot mess right now. Missouri loses at Wyoming. Uh, South Carolina loses to the MAC attack at North Carolina with a freshman quarterback. And uh, certainly, last but not least, Tennessee gets beaten at home by Georgia State. And again, we've been talking about that all week. And I was just about to say, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, and then the uh, the odds makers have Tennessee as a three and a half point favorite against BYU Saturday night. And what do you see happening there? Everybody's going, "Oh, that, what are they thinking?" I'm going to take BYU, and I like next Tennessee. Thing you know, I know yeah. Tennessee's going to win the game. So I know it's the reaction slash overreaction, but I don't see what happens in week number two. But that was a uh, mind-boggling loss. And Tennessee caught a touchdown pass with like two seconds left. Right. It was 38-23 to 23 before that. So the 38-30 to 30 just made it look a little bit better. But the, uh, the dogs have now won, if I'm doing the math right, 13 straight games in the division by double-digit points. The last yeah. time they had a single-digit game in the division – was a 27 to 24 win over Kentucky at the end of the 2016 season. Yeah, that um, sounds right. I believe 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Georgia had beaten Auburn before that. that Oh, it was after that. But this is just division games. Yeah. So they had beaten Auburn by what? That was like thirteen to seven. Thirteen seven. And the week before was a twenty-seven twenty-four win over Kentucky. So that was the last game in the East that wasn't double digits. So all of twenty seventeen, all of twenty eighteen, and the first chance here in twenty nineteen. And no one has stayed closer than two touchdowns. And even I mean Georgia's got the losses the last two years to LSU and Auburn on the road, but the the after the losing to Auburn on the road in twenty seventeen, Georgia has pummeled them twice in a row now. Yes. So they've been beaten by double digits two t- two straight times and now it's a plus twenty four in uh, in Nashville and um, and let's say this about Vandy because it's Vandy you hear the oh well it was Vanderbilt they won on the but Vandy may not be as we know now the worst team in the East no <laughs> there there were some of these projections that thought they might be I thought you know they're see what happens with their quarterback situation but I think you know they've got a very good running back they've got a good receiver you know the tight end they've got some players lines of scrimmage were not to me comparable on on Saturday I, and and Georgia's gonna be in that boat most games yeah every game yeah you know except maybe the Auburn, when the maybe. Auburn game rolls around their defensive front will match up pretty good with Georgia's offensive line but most games, I mean, Georgia's going to dominate on the line, and that's what they did. And I know it got sloppy. I mean, Georgia got that 21 nothing lead so quick. So, you know, three possessions, you grow up 21 points, and it, there were the penalties, and the second half was kind of just, you know, what, uh, what's a good word? I just felt they were coasting. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And there probably was a little loss of focus to an extent, but I thought it was a good win. And, and what about Georgia? Are they showing their hand? Are they uh, holding back some stuff? And I'm like, well, I would think they probably are. They're not going to roll the entire playbook out there in the Vandy game. So there is that element of it as well. Yeah, and when they got up 21 nothing, there probably was a little bit of that. And there were, you know, talking about the, the third downs, which, I mean, one for seven is an ugly number, but to me the, the seven is a key there too. In the first half, Georgia only faced two third downs, and they were one for two. Yeah. So at the point when it felt like they started to coast offensively, then they ended up 0 for 5 in the second half. But I thought there were also some things that they they did during the game that if circumstances had been different, that maybe they wouldn't have tried on some of those third downs, you know, coming out and pass, 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 and maybe getting away from the uh, run. But Georgia's probably gotten to a you know, a mindset where, yeah, I mean, we do try and got to work out this passing game a little bit because if I just had one, like, little minor quibble about the uh, about the game, it was certainly strange to see. Georgia had 14 rushing plays of 10 or more yards Saturday and only six passing plays of 10 or more yards. So there was no explosiveness in the passing game. Granted, the longest play of the game was called back because yeah. of a hold. So Georgia did hit a deep ball downfield to Robertson, which ended up not counting, but – um, there, there weren't a lot of big plays in the, uh, you know, passing the ball on Saturday night. And I think that was maybe one of the big questions of, um, you know, of what Georgia did lose with guys like Hardman and, and Godwin and even Holloman who were able to, uh, to stretch the field. But like you said, that may not have been a priority for Saturday also. And they did, like you said, show that it's, it's there with the, uh, with the play to Robertson, but what uh, what was Georgia's main strength against Vanderbilt's offensive line? Uh, maybe the, the best offensive line in the conference or in the country against maybe the worst defensive line yeah. <laughs> in the conference. So where are you going to go after? Uh, and even Derek Mason said after the game 
that uh, he felt like his DBs – now, again, coaches are going to say stuff. He felt like his DBs played well. He had no issue with his defensive backs. So maybe there was that that element of it, too, where they felt like they at least had a good matchup with Georgia as far as receivers versus DBs. I don't know. Those are the nuts and bolts of it that the coaches see going back and watching game film and that kind of thing that we may not necessarily see as much. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the Vandy right now looks like, I mean, they could make a case for being the, all they did was lose to Georgia. I mean, they could be the second or third yeah. best team in the SEC right now because, I mean, Tennessee looks like the worst. Um, that was, by the way, that was not a good loss. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I should say the SEC East, yeah. not the SEC overall. But but you know what? Tennessee's loss was not good. South Carolina's loss was not good. Missouri, you kind of get what you're asking for when you schedule a game like they did against Wyoming. Yeah. Against Wyoming. I mean, you're asking for trouble. Well, and now with a team that's banned from a bowl game, I mean, how is exactly. their season going to play out Exactly. Now? I know. That's the thing, too. And who am I leaving out? I guess that was it. Yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky won, won but, but they were down – Weren't they down? Was it fourteen nothing or fourteen seven in the first quarter? It was seven nothing, then seven seven, and then I think it was fourteen seven, yeah. and then I mean it was like nip and tuck, and then they ended up yeah. pulling away. Yeah. But still, they ain't what they were last year. I would no. I mean, they're going to they take lost some good pieces. They're going to go backward, and I mean, I mean, Florida's probably they're going to be the second best team in the East, but and they're going to get better too. But it's not like they were uh, they looked great against Miami in week one. Well, did you feel like – and I, and you're right, there was some ugliness, especially into that Florida game. But I still thought it was weird that in the AP poll, the uh, the teams went 24-1. and And the one loss was Oregon losing to Auburn. So basically everybody won. But Florida, even though they beat Miami, dropped from 8 to 11, and they got jumped by Texas, who beat Louisiana Tech. And they got jumped by Notre Dame, who – they won on the road. I mean, they did. The, Notre Dame did the same thing that Georgia did. I know they're not in the ACC, but they essentially won a conference road game at night. Would you agree with that? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Against a team that was pretty fired up, and I thought Louisville looked a lot better, and I thought they'd be. They should be better because it was either they quit on Petrino or Petrino quit on them yeah. last year. And their quarterback passes. I, he's a he's one of those guys that like. When he's rolling, they're really good. But when he, you know, when he's down, that just it kind of sucks yeah. the team down too. But he's got the potential to be dynamic. But anyway, what I was getting at was, was I was kind of surprised that Florida dropped from eight to eleven. They did beat Miami. Yeah, maybe out of sight, out of mind for a I week. Yes, maybe. Other teams I don't won. know. That just sounds kind of weird. Yeah, Yo, it doesn't matter. No, big picture. Yeah. But you know, the AP just is still exists, but it's not. I just have to use the AP rankings until the college football playoff poll comes out. Which is not until, what, the end of October? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so the first couple of months. You got that and the coaches poll are all that's out there. Yeah, I don't even look at that one. I don't even even look at the AP poll. Yeah, I just use it for reference. Yeah, the only poll I care about is mine, (laughs) and I don't make one. Where do you – oh, I was going to say, where do you have the dogs? I got Georgia number one. Where does Jeff have the dogs? He probably behind Murray State because he always (laughs) likes to rank Georgia's opponent ahead of Murray State. Now, honestly, to me, the most impressive team in the first week of the season and it was, was LSU. They were very what they impressive. did to uh, to Georgia Southern, and I mean Georgia Southern's not a, a power five school, but like to me they're better than Tech, who Clemson beat. Um, they're who uh, Oklahoma, man, they're not better than Houston, I guess. But I don't know if that Georgia Southern's any worse than Houston necessarily. 
Um, and then, well, what would Houston if Houston and Georgia Southern played on a neutral field? Houston would be what like a 10, yeah. 12 point favorite. I mean, it, there'd be a chance it'd be a competitive game, yeah. and same for Southern and and Vandy. Yeah. I mean, LSU just went out there, and Georgia Southern didn't have a play over twenty yards, and I think only had four that even went for ten or more yards. Just completely shut them down, and their offense looked good too. So if I was just ranking it based on a combination of who looked good and the level of competition, you know, on a week by week basis, I'd probably have LSU sitting at the top right now. So uh, what you're saying is they'll be an easy cover this weekend at Texas. I I think they're they're the way better team, but it is hard to ignore <laughs> 13 and two ATS as an underdog for Tom Herman and how many of I think like 10 of those are straight up wins. He's good. Yeah. He knows how to play up the, hey, no one respects this card. Yeah, and he's at home, but, but I mean, but, but like, the, my, my, my brain, though, is still telling me, like, no, LSU's going to slaughter them because they're just way better. So are you going to go out on that LSU's going to finally end the streak against Alabama limb this year? It well, is still, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it's still a ways away, but I, we'll see. I, I mean, I, I think LSU, based on – we'll see how they look against Texas. And then after that, like, they don't play anyone for, like, three or four weeks, I don't think, because like, they play Vandy um, as far as their one conference game before before they have to play Auburn, maybe, Yeah. at some point. So, they're, I mean, they've – So, after, yeah, after Vandy, they have a bye week, and then they have a four-game stretch before their next bye week where they host Utah State, host Florida – go to Mississippi State and host Auburn. And then they got the bye week before they go to Bama. Yeah. And they got A&M to close it out. Yeah, I think if, the, so if they win Saturday, they're going to be, I think, 5-0 and before they run into their next potential loss. Florida, October 12th? Yeah. Is that a potential loss for them? I guess yeah, it's a potential, it's a potential. loss. The game's in Baton Rouge, though, right? It is in Baton Rouge. But, yeah, it's, it's a potential loss. By but, the way, that's uh, LSU's homecoming game, so they scheduled the Gators for that. Okay. My but, favorite – uh, homecoming scheduling was uh, Syracuse next week has Clemson for their homecoming game. Watch out, Clemson. <laughs> so think about this. Syracuse's first home game of the year is next week against Clemson. They have Western Michigan after that and Holy Cross after that. But Clemson gets the homecoming nod for yeah. their first ga- home game of the year, September 14. Well, maybe they figure they're going to pack them in then. People are going to come <laughs> home to Syracuse. But I just think it's great. Hey, you want to come see a win for homecoming? We'll put the Clemson game on there. Yeah, they got that. Well, Syracuse has been the team the last I two know. years. It's given Clemson the uh, the toughest uh, test. They've given them the yeah. They've given it to them. I think they're gonna. I think they got a good. Uh, they got a strong one coming up against A and M. We'll talk about some of these week two games coming up next. But uh, yeah, to recap for Georgia, I thought week one was a uh, was a good week. And one Georgia won by twenty four on the road in a game that there was never even a, a moment where you thought like, boy, Georgia's in trouble tonight. It was twenty one nothing. And it was pretty much the ball game from there, and uh, and the, the, just the the SEC East is looks like it's going to be garbage. And I it's I know be careful not to overreact to Week One results, but with Tennessee, I'm not reacting to just the Week One losing to Georgia State. It's also like the last decade of Tennessee football. Yeah. South Carolina now is they've lost their last two games. They were shut out by Virginia and just got beaten by a North Carolina team with a new coach and a freshman quarterback. Did you have the stat? About so South Carolina's lost two game two games in a row to the ACC, and Clemson's lost how many conference games in the last was it four in the last years? four years twice two. yeah <laughs> so yeah South Carolina's lost and 
South Carolina's other game, they lost to Clemson. So they're on a three. Their last three games, they're zero and three against the ACC. But if you just take Clemson out of it, yeah, in South Carolina's last two games, they've lost as many ACC games as Clemson has in the last four years. Wow. But like Clemson has as many playoff losses as they have uh, conference losses That's in that insane. same period of time. It really is. By the way, Tennessee is now sixty-two and sixty-four in the last ten years plus one game. Yeah, they're under five hundred over the last 10 years. Yeah, and I think they're the only team worse is Vandy now, right? Uh, hang on, I'll tell you. In that uh, stretch. Vandy is 52-74. and 74. So they're overall Yeah, in that same stretch. So so it's those are the two worst teams in the SEC. Yeah. So even Arkansas has been. And Kentucky's a little ahead too now, I think. All right, so Arkansas, they are 64 and, uh, 65 and 62. So they're barely above 500. And who did you say, Kentucky? Kentucky. They are now 57 and 69 in the last 10 years. So After they're including their wins. Including the win yeah. over Toledo. So 57 and 69. So I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. It's what happens when you play in the the mean SEC. And that's that's my, my, my point with Tennessee now. It's like everyone's, you know, you got to write a column about them losing at home to Georgia State, but if, if Kentucky or a Vandy lost at home to Georgia State, no one would be writing a column about that. It wouldn't <laughs> be true. It wouldn't be surprising anyone. And honest, it's just like that's the problem with Tennessee is it shouldn't be a surprise they lost at home to Georgia State. <laughs> I guess not, although where they've really had it handed to them, though, has been in the conference. They're, Tennessee's 37-9 and non-conference in the last 10 years. 25 and 55. They're 30 games below 500 yeah. in the last 10 years in the conference. And they've had like the, it, multiple 0 and 8s, too. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They had an 0 and 8 last year. I'm sorry, in 2017. And I'd have to go dig back a little bit further. I think Derek Dooley had, had Derek one. Derek had two straight 1 and 7s. And then last year, let's see, a 2 and 6. Butch had a 2 and 6. And he had an 0 and 8. Oh, so they've only had one 0 and 8 then? They've had one 0 and 8 and two 1 and 7s and one and two 2 and 6s. Yeah. And this year isn't looking very They're promising. looking at an 0 and 8 or a 1 and 7 this year, yeah. too. Yes, they are. After that opening act of the crossover. Yes, they are. Crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in uh, Watkinsville, now open in five points. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and get us there, or you can listen anytime on demand at 960theref.com. We'll uh, pause here for a moment, then we'll come back and uh, start diving into some of these week two matchups and uh, just a, a brief thought about Georgia and Murray State. Chris and Dave, the crossover podcast on 960theref.com. True Italian food has returned to Five Points and brought some friends along because Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen is now open in Five Points, Athens. At the new Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, you'll find all your Italian favorites from pizza to calzones and baked ziti, along with sandwiches, salads, wings, and more, plus a full bar for beer, wine, and cocktails. It's time to eat at the now open fully loaded pizza kitchen at five points in athens and also in the manders crossing shopping center off mars hill road in watkinsville episode 101 part two of the crossover podcast mm-hmm. presented by fully loaded pizza you kitchen need to get that right in watkinsville and now open in five points uh so here we are it's the home opener for georgia and i mean the biggest thing about this weekend is the naming of the uh, field after coach vince dooley which is uh, certainly uh, worthy and perhaps even long overdue. But then after that, 
Hopefully it's about 45 nothing going into uh, halftime, and we'll see a lot of Stetson Bennett the fourth in the second half. We'll see Stet the Jet, and maybe we'll even see the, uh, the young man from California. Yeah, Nathan Priestley. Thank you. Not yes, Jason. Not Jason Priestley. Nathan Priestley. Nathan yes. Priestley. And, and you'll see a lot of both of them in the second half. But like the the thing about Georgia now, and even well, you're going to play a lot of backups. You know, hopefully in a game like this. But like so many of Georgia's backups are like elite blue chip recruits. That it's not like you're going to see much of a drop off at some places. Wow. And here's my thing too about this game. And you hope everybody is healthy and no one gets hurt and that kind of thing. But Murray State is going from playing Pikeville and then seven days later playing Georgia. Yeah. I mean, you can't get any more of an extreme than that. Is that is that even safe? I guess that's my question. No, these games shouldn't be played. <laughs> these are tough. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I get it. I mean, I know for the sport of football, these are good games because these fun these kind of games not only fun Murray State's football program, but it pretty much funds Murray State's entire athletic department. I understand that. So for the overall good of 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 keeping football alive and 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 having a chance for people to play football, I get it. But yeah, it, it's scary that it could be a little bit dangerous too. Yeah, but like if we're gonna if we're subsidizing other football programs, then they should like we should be playing Mercer then instead of Murray State. And and I don't think it's Georgia's. Um, responsibility to fund you know to 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 fund schools athletic departments and and football programs but that's just the way it is so you're saying they so i don't i guess with mercer or with kennesaw or something like that i get it i I, i'm not crazy about georgia playing georgia southern or i now georgia we don't want any part of georgia state anymore we'll never play never play them but it is it is one of those i think questions that probably do have to be asked uh how long will fbs teams continue to play fcs teams i guess it's not going to stop because that's no the even, way it is even I, usc has scheduled uc davis in a couple of years and they will now which will leave there will be two schools that have never played an f uh cs team notre dame and ucla really because right now it's U- usc ucla and notre dame are the uh, holdouts but usc's jumping into uc davis in a couple of years so, so yeah everyone now has played them all i mean i know cal this past weekend played uc davis and maybe cal's played um fcs teams before but you know they played idaho state like yeah they've played they've i think played but I, I just thought it was weird to see Cal playing UC Davis. I don't know why. I think Michigan, although when they played App State, that was it. But I think like Michigan, that was they were one of the last to crumble too. And they hadn't. Then after that App State loss, I guess it stung so bad. Didn't they go a while without playing another one? Yeah, they ended up playing App State again a couple years later. And is that what it was? Blew them out. But by then, App State maybe they had already moved up. They may have. That's a good. Yeah, they don't have anybody. I was looking, just kind of looking the last few years there at Michigan to see what they've done. By the way, when Bama plays New Mexico State, that's technically not FCS, but really it is when Bama's playing New Mexico State. That's also a game. When somebody's playing a game that's where they're favored by 55, it's like there's just no – what's the point of that? There's What's the most – I know a few years ago, like Florida State was favored by like 70 over Savannah State or something, but literally – FBS versus FBS. 
What is that? You can't really have a point spread higher than what Bama is over New Mexico State, can you? I mean, 55 is about as much as you can get. I mean, yeah, if you get for, to like 60, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't think of one that's been for, yeah, FBS on FBS that's been that's gone that so, high. So basically, I mean, it's like. The point spread is 55, the over-under 65, so Vegas is saying Bama's going to win 60-5. to five. Or, yeah, or ba- basically, New Mexico State's not even going to score. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is – but you know Saban, he'll, he'll be right around that number. Yeah, he always what, is. Probably like the safer bet if you really need to like invest and have action on Bama and New Mexico State would be the under. The under, I, I would almost say the under and New Mexico State because Bama's never covered a fifty-point spread, I think, or the last what, whatever that number is like. Oh, for their last three or zero oh and three, which that didn't. I don't think that says anything about Bama. I think that says as much about saving as anything. Well, yeah, and it's also yeah, it's just like that's. Even for a great team, that's just a hard. That's a lot yeah. of points to cover. Now, when you're tied with a Citadel at halftime, that's kind of weird. Yeah, but when yeah. you're a 50 point favorite, that might be going overboard there a little bit. And it's also just like the game should just be canceled I and not even played. Because I know apparently they have uh, a thing going on over there. The game's at noon or whatever, and their fans have, are kind of complaining about it. That why are we kicking off at 11? No, they no their game is at four. Oh, it is. Yeah, they got that middle SEC network. Oh, because they have some deal going on where they're—I mean, their AD was like, "We don't make the uh, kickoff times; those are set by our television partners, who we adore." Because <laughs> so, I, okay. I guess their fans are kind of getting into the uh, the whole games kicking off at eleven a. Because it is—it's eleven a.m. Central there, but we went through that with all those noon kickoffs. And oh, it's terrible. Lo and behold, I mean, we, I know we have one against Arkansas State in a week, but. We haven't had so many of those anymore. Well, they saddled West Virginia and Missouri with a 11 a.m. start. But that's on ESPN2. Vandy and Purdue have a noon start on the Big Ten Network. But I guess Purdue is Eastern time. Uh, I was looking to see if there were any other ones that were that were kind of brutal. I guess that those are the, the main ones. But, you know, maybe the Bama fans are mad. They wanted a noon start this time so they could get back and – Watch those other games. I don't yeah, know because you got three thirties A and M and Clemson, yep. and then the uh, right after that seven thirty eight o'clock you've got LSU and uh, Texas. I think the A and M Clemson game is going to be is going to be good. Um, I don't I mean Trevor Lawrence did not look great against Tech. Yeah, and I don't know if he was just like eh. It was first game. Yeah, they knew they were going to win. I mean Tech was lifting weights. They were pumping iron on the sideline before the game, wearing themselves out. What? But. Um, the uh, but I mean, if you look at Clemson, even over the last uh, handful of years, like, they've had games in September where they just don't come out firing on all cylinders and blowing teams out. Last year at A and M was an example where they only won by two points. I think the Aggies are going to hang cl- tough in that game. Well, you know, I, I I feel the same way too. I'm I'm with you on that one, and I uh, you know, see this is kind of like the SEC kind of took a kind of beating last week, although the. The top end of the SEC didn't. No. That's the thing. Right. It's a little bit misleading. Yes, what happened to the SEC East was was bad. But the top end of the SEC, when you look at um, now what do you, you look at Bama, Georgia, LSU, Auburn, despite the the silliness of the way they won. Yeah. <laughs> they beat Oregon, Florida won, A and M won. 
So six teams right there. You got Florida in the top half of the SEC? (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Well, at least as far as just going by the AP poll. But those six teams on one, so it still feels like the AC or the SEC's having to like come out slugging on Saturday because the conference took a hit. When in essence, I don't know that it was necessarily the conference or just three or four teams in the conference that look look, look brutal. But does that put any more on A and M against Clemson? And does that put any more on LSU versus Texas? Yeah, well, I think it's like those are the top teams. or They're in that top class of the SEC. Yeah. I mean, A&M is on the road. I don't expect them to win the game, but I don't – you know, I also – I'll take the 17-and-a-half points or whatever the number's sitting at right now, too. Um, the, the Texas LSU game is going to be the, the one I'm going to have the hardest time with because all my sense tells me LSU is the – the better team and that, that thing is up to like six and a half now isn't it this morning at 6 a.m it was it was um six and a half yeah. but then there's my my man tom herman and that 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 ats record when he's an underdog is that's awfully hard to ignore you know he's loving this that he's almost a touchdown underdog at home you yeah know he's loving this. i know but they've but they've they just their basically their entire like back seven on defense is replaced. I know they've got Ellinger back, but they lost a they lost a ton of players from that team last year that ended up winning the Sugar Bowl, mm-hmm. but also lost to Maryland. So I don't know. I think I'm going to ride LSU. I'm not scared. Not scared. You got you like Coach O in the matchup there with with Tom Herman. Yeah, and I like what they've done with Bur- they they've opened up their offense. They're uh, they're slinging it now with Burrow. They're like a four wide offense and. You know, they showed that in the Fiesta Bowl. I didn't expect them to do that last week against Georgia Southern. I figured, like, well, they'd go vanilla and not want to put too much on film. But I guess Coach O was like, let them see it. Here it is. <laughs> Try and stop it. He ain't worried. This is a guy that lost a finger in a bar fight. Yeah, he's he not scared. About it. So, so what was the Joe Burrow connection to Tom Herman, right? So that was um, yeah, he would, I guess the Ohio State connection. Yeah, I guess they would have been there yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. So there's that, too. Yeah, so the little interesting storylines. It is like weird college football now with watching that Oklahoma Houston game, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you see Jalen Hurts. It's like, you know, he was on Bama, and now he's wearing that Oklahoma uniform. Fields and Eason looked good. Burrow, who was at Ohio State, is now at LSU. It's like these guys are transferring, but they're going from marquee program to marquee program. Let's do this every week during the season. Who is the just complete overreaction to the weekend before. And then once we get further in the season, we can start stacking them. Who's the Heisman Trophy winner right now after week one? Is it Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think too. And in second place would be Fields. <laughs> I know, I yeah. agree. I'm not saying that's our opinion. I'm just saying that I would think if there were a Heisman vote right now, those Her- would be the two guys. Yeah, I think that would be they'd be your finalists <laughs> and Hurts would win it. So Lincoln Riley would have three straight Heisman winners. That's right. Yeah. About, today's his birthday, by the way. Oh, is it? 36 years old. That's We're it. recording this on a Thursday. Only 36. So will by the age of 38, will he be coaching in the NFL? Yeah, he'll be with the cat. Well, like when <laughs> Dallas misses the playoffs this year, and Jerry Jones is like, I paid all this money to Ezekiel Elliott, and we're going to miss the playoffs. Garrett's gone. Riley's in. Riley will, Riley will be in there. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's get the dogs through the weekend healthy. As we're recording this, Isaiah Wilson had to leave practice yesterday with uh, a lower body injury. We don't really know anything else, so it's not really much for you and me to say right now. 
But other than that, I know Karis Jackson with the broken hand. But you know, let's get let's get the dogs through the weekend, as we like to point out. Is Jake and Jake Fromm's very good? Don't get me wrong. Is Jake Fromm's is Jake Fromm Georgia's best player? Probably not. If you want to just say, oh, there's Andrew Thomas, there's DeAndre. Yeah. But who's Georgia's most important player? It's not even close. It's Jake Fromm. So let's get him through the weekend, and hopefully when we're talking next week, we'll be talking about how the dogs are injury-free and getting ready for Arkansas State. Yeah, for another easy win, and then, you know, eyes toward the Irish. Watching them get uh, lit up on the ground by Louisville, I'd be worried if I was a Notre Dame fan. I would be, too. Oh, and also, we can't. We, we need to mention Coach Dooley for at least just a second, too. That the long time coming. Glad that they're doing this. There's an element of the of our of our fan base that thinks that we're doing this the wrong week. We should be doing it in two weeks before the Notre Dame game, which I kind of get. But at the same time, it's like I feel like this game, Coach Dooley gets more of the publicity than he would if they did it the week of the Notre Dame game. Well, yeah, I guess it go. You know, you go ahead and his name now is that's officially Dooley Field yeah. for the entire season. Yeah. But the Notre Dame thing would be his greatest victory was against Notre exactly. Dame. Exactly. Yeah. And it also is because I'm sure yeah. there are some fans that are like, I don't want to go to the game this weekend because it's uh, it's a non-event. It's uh, it's you know it's a farce. It's going to be 97 yeah. degrees. It's going to be at four o'clock. The game's a farce. I don't want to go, but I kind of want to go. I have to go at least. I'll be there at three thirty to see the uh, see the yeah yeah, <laughs> and then leave at kickoff. Don't leave at kickoff. I'm joking. At least make it a halftime. Yeah, I'm going to be heading home to watch A and M uh, and Clemson. <laughs> yes, yes. And if something happens where it's like sketchy in the fourth quarter, like it was in 2016 against Nichols, and alert me to that, and I'll, uh, and I guess I'll tune in. But if it comes to that, I don't know that oh. I want to watch that anyway. Nichols State. Like oh. if you, if if that did happen, and you're like, hey, by the way, George and Murray State are tied in the fourth quarter. Like, well, do I want to watch that? Because I'm not sure I want to see us lose to Murray State. No, I don't know if I could watch it. Yeah. But that's uh that's absurd. That's not going to happen. <laughs> George will be up forty five nothing at halftime, Please. and probably they'll do like a ten minute fourth quarter and uh, just call the that. game early. I'd be fine with as long that. as they play it fifty five minutes. Yes. Yeah, gotta have that. <laughs> gotta have it go fifty five. minutes. I don't know minutes. what you're talking about, but we gotta have that. All right, looking forward to uh, next week. We'll have uh, well, lot to a uh, lot of good stuff to dive into as the season wears on. But uh, George and Murray State this weekend. Dogs are one and zero, looking good. And uh, we'll be back next week for another exciting edition of the Crossover Podcast, presented as always by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, also now open in five points. Subscribe on iTunes or listen anytime on demand at 960theref.com. You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.